So the way the mini-sode worked last time, I we instead of going through scene by scene, we just sort of talked about everybody's storyline, which got us through it faster. So I made little notes. So and we of course we ended with Ian and Mickey's storyline just to keep things exciting. Yeah, you gotta wait till the end, especially because that's probably the one we'll go most in depth on. So hello everybody, welcome back to the Luck We Had a Shameless Recap Podcast, the mini-sode this time. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Amanda, I'm one of your hosts. I'm Evan, I'm your co-host, and today we have a special guest, a returning guest star. I'm back. It's Lena, our first guest on a mini-sode, but our recurring guest that we will be bringing back. In fact, we'll be bringing back in episode 207, the next episode, full-length episode that will be going up. We are recording this at 10.23 on Saturday night, on December 19th, so an hour and a half before 10.03 drops. We're (laughs) super delayed in this, but we're going to... Not 10.03, 1103. Wow. It's okay. Everyone got brain jumbles. But then we're gonna watch 1103 and yell at each other in the group chat about it. <laughs> As we should. And we're, we're sorry this is late. You know, fucking life happens. Sometimes sometimes your store gets robbed. We we got a lot Evan going on. Evan and I both work at a coffee chain that rhymes with um plarnux (laughs) and sometimes people come in with guns and try to take your money without realizing that i don't know a single human being that pays for starbucks with cash is that what happened to you you got robbed we didn't get robbed it was attempted robbery but he did threaten us with the gun and was like give us all your money put all the money in the bag and we were like no. But Evan got home alive. Everybody is good. Plarnux. Right, we're safe. So Everyone's hot. okay. And we're going to talk about episode 11. Season 11. God, I did this last time and I had to edit it badly. We're going to talk about season 11, episode 2, the first good episode of season 11. It was so good. I said it. I meant it. 1101 was garbage. But 1102, I, I made like seven posts about it. I couldn't stop smiling. I stayed up until 3 a.m. I was like, that was a great episode. What do I do with this? It was a really good episode. It was, like, unexpected. I was, like, pleasantly surprised because, I mean, over the years, I've become so accustomed to disappointment that because it was, like, a decent episode, I was like, okay, I'm actually kind of feeling this. Yeah, they're like, oh, what's going to happen the rest of the season if it's only the second episode and they have a good... But yeah, that's that's the trick of, of being satisfied with season 11 of Shameless. Lower your bar to the floor. And then when they step over it, you will be shocked and in amazement. Well, we talked about this earlier, but I just want to bring it up like while we're recording. The tonal shift in Shameless, I would say probably happened around like season six, actually, because I remember there being some pretty dramatic moments in season well, six. Well, season so, like, four season is seven. when they changed their classification from drama to comedy. Season fucking but four. But they didn't actually get to be, well, because season four was probably one of the most dramatic seasons. And that followed I by think season of. five, the second most dramatic season. Yeah. Well, so I think, but like in as somebody who has seen like every season, I think that like multiple times, I think that it the shift really did happen around like season six, and like started with season seven, where they kind of moved into this like almost slapsticky kind of comedy. What was I forget the premise? What was going on in season seven? Was that a summer season? Right? Was that Fiona and the apartment building? Um, that's when all of that kind of started. I think that was that's when she like fully took control of Patsy's. It was right after she was supposed to get married to Sean and Frank showed up at the wedding and they pushed him in the water. 
Also, sorry, that's so ahead of what, like, the V seasons, but that scene with the water is so good. It's so, the first scene of season seven is, like, very well shot, very beautiful. Anyway, that's, like, past the point. I just think that, like, they did it for Emmy nominations that never came. Yeah, they switched to comedy in season four because they did not want to compete against Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones for drama Emmys. And it doesn't matter if you are classified as a comedy when your show is a drama. When Cameron Monaghan is putting out the performance that he is putting in season four, when Noel Fisher is, is putting out the performance that he is, is putting. putting in season four, it is unbelievable that they were classified as a comedy because Cameron and Noel were putting in the fucking work that season and they deserved Emmys and for not it. to mention like later seasons with Fiona and and especially Jeremy like Jeremy the coke storyline they put the, on the such good performances AA. the whole AA thing with him in season six when he like got kicked out of college like if you that scene wait hold on that scene in season four after Fiona accidentally gives Liam coke and is back and is in the kitchen with Jeremy Allen White Emmy Russell and Jeremy Allen. And they're yelling. I think about that scene every goddamn day of my life. So good. And that is when the show was classified as a comedy. Are you kidding me? It's just like, to me, it feels so cheap because it's like, if you really think, I I, like, okay, they did that because they didn't want to compete because they, they thought that they wouldn't win. But I'm like, if you have enough faith in the quality of your show and you think it's good, you would compete anyway. Exactly. And it's like and it's like the nominations and the praise will come if you're good. I think it was just like a cheap cop out, honestly. Absolutely, I believe that. Yeah, cuz like what the performances like each of them individuals like gave, if they would have continued as that like under a uh what was it, a drama or what is that what it was? Drama. A drama. Like Later seasons, there's so many other good scenes that they honestly could have potentially gotten them nominated if they stayed within that. Yeah. And, like, it's not saying that, like, they can't be a drama and make fucking jokes because, of course, they're going to need jokes. Because that's what they did. Because that's what they are. Like, like, there's nothing wrong with still being able to crack jokes. But then when you only signify it as a comedy and you go into it and then you see all these fucking, like, insane, like, like, actors like all of these things and then it's comedy haha like we are lucky when we laugh during a shameless episode and we're supposed yeah. to call it a comedy but all of this of previous season talk discussion to say that 1102 was a pleasant surprise for us and let us discuss why shall we right. the kevin v storyline which was also secretly the frank storyline holy shit i was interested the whole time that's also like a storyline that they definitely did in an earlier season. Like it almost feels a little bit like they're recycling it, but it's also for a new era because they're like incorporating the pandemic and also the laws around the legality of weed in Chicago have changed. Oh yeah, for sure. So, it's a little bit recycling the ice cream truck weed thing in season two. Like, yeah. But that was because they used to sell it illegally on the down low and now it's legal and they kind of have to navigate that market. And they're playing, they're playing into the whole gentrification thing, which they've been playing into since season five. But like, it kind of works. I fully, I, I, I have never remembered once in my life being this interested in a Frank storyline, but I was like invested and I was very into it. And I like really enjoyed the way that Frank 
worked with Kevin V with this. I think I was interested because it was Kevin V and they got a lot of screen time. So I was excited to actually see that. But no, I agree with you. I really enjoyed oh like, gosh, I enjoyed like Frank not just being an asshole. Well, at the end, he ends up being an asshole about it. But like, it was really cool. But it was kind of fun. But it was really fun. And like, I really enjoyed it. And like, it was really cool because, like, normally when you see, like, Kevin V interact with Frank, it's normally just yelling at him behind the bar. But, like, we got to do, like, more stuff and we got to do more, like, in-depth scenarios. And also, uh, those bitches in their mask. Pull it over your nose before I clock them across the head. I it's still like, will say Shameless is doing masks better than most shows on television are currently doing masks. As in exactly how their characters would wear them, and I 100% that's, respect yeah, that, but of course it's... Like... I, it's angry pandemic time i don't want any more people being sick it's like i just know mickey would be one of those people who's like i'm not gonna wear a mask over my nose well he does or in general like i'm not gonna wear a mask wait, wait let's talk about let's talk about the interview later let's talk about the interview later but like, like what they do do really well and like debbie does it too yeah. and um the whole thing with it was like one thing i thought was like i was seeing that i thought was really weird was when Tammy and Sandy and Debbie were at the dollar store. Oh, I store. loved that scene. And it was a cute scene, but the one thing I noticed was they are in public at the dollar store. Not a single one of them is wearing a mask. Tammy wears it for a second and then takes it off to get on the phone with Liv. See, uh, what, I, what I have about that is Sandy has hers like around her her chin, which like don't do this in an actual dollar store. Sandy has hers around her chin and Tammy like has her... Has hers on. Debbie, Debbie like, straight up one. doesn't even have one on her. Like, she's, like, walking around the store. And I'm like, girl. Enough. And then everyone around them's like, staring at them. Because, of course, like, they're not wearing their masks. I think, like, Franny was the only one with her mask remotely on correctly. But it still was, like, hanging off her nose. And that's probably, honestly, because the mom was like, she's not taking the mask off unless she fucking has to. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the mask, like, fitting improperly is probably just because she's a kid and it's, like, hard to find masks that fit right for, like, small children, but... Most... It makes the most sense. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, that that scene kind of pissed me off, but I, I won't lie. I loved that scene, though. It was so cute. Well, just, just that part, but, like, that... Just because it really annoyed me that they were, like, taking their masks off to, like, say words of dialogue, and it's, like, if... I, I don't know if they're, like, in a public place, because, like, Ian, when he's working in the warehouse, doesn't do that. Just for the record, I think that Tammy and Sandy, I love in-laws. I love in-laws. No, I, I like, love that. I love that Sandy Tammy, and Tammy are Tammy. Tammy is kind of serving this season, I'm not going to lie. Like, last season, I was so annoyed with her the entire time. And also, like, even, like, the seasons before, like, season nine, I was like, I was like, ugh, this bitch. But, like... Maybe it's the internalized misogyny, but... And before we jump into, like, everybody else's individual storyline, that family scene in the kitchen in the beginning was just... It was season one energy. There were so many people in the kitchen. It made me so happy. When Car when when Mickey was like, oh, no, I don't need your disgusting ass dick, and, and Tammy was like, Everyone Ooh. was like, ooh. They, it was so good. It, it was so nice. I just think it's, like... I think the pandemic has been like a silver lining for them, like narratively, because it gives them a reason to have all of the kids together in scenes. Because it's like logically, they're like, oh, everybody's an adult. They should all be off doing their own things, like running their own lives. And like that's how it's been working the last couple seasons. And it hasn't been working. Yeah. Like it's boring to watch because the whole thing that made the show charming in the first place was the family dynamic. Yeah. And so now that everybody's back together, it's like, yes, yes. 
Speaking of boring to watch, Carl's storyline. Also, improperly wearing masks, but accurate representation of cops because cops don't fucking wear masks. Yeah, the cops in my hometown are not required to wear masks, but Which the police chief to me. The police chief in our area has asked that if they go into a public place like a store that they put one on, but they don't have to. They're not required to, which I feel like is kind of dumb. But I believe um, like the Carl storyline and the way they're handling it so far is the single shittiest thing that Shameless has ever done. Because what I was reading from 1102 was let's do Black Lives Matter, but you know, from the perspective of the cop. That's what I was getting from that. I don't think they really touched on Black Lives Matter much in that episode. I mean, obviously they had Liam wearing his mask that said Black Lives Matter and they had the guy... I can't remember if this is episode one. I think it was the guy at the paint store also had a Black Lives Matter mask. Yeah, that was, ep- that was episode one. I feel like they're going to touch on it um, later. And I feel like they're going to do. Do you remember how Carl had his little moment in season six where he was like doing the whole drug thing with Nick and then Nick killed somebody like a little boy and he had his whole like I'm woke moment. Yeah, I feel like they're going to do that same thing with the cops. Like, I feel like they're going to have Carl witness an act of police brutality or something. In terms of like, in terms of like this episode, I just really think it's just set the cops up as like shitty because they're not doing the the one cop we were given that Carl interacts with the most is just kind of ignore all the calls, take a fake lunch, like ignore, just drive around, like do all the easy, simple stuff. And then like you see the other cops who are like taking everyone out on the field and like fucking them up. So, well, so they're showing the two like extremes. Yeah, the two extremes. Like when you normally like, I was anticipating like he was gonna get uh like a officer or whatever who was like not by the book but like went into everything and like fucked things up and like did things not by the rules and all that stuff. But we're getting it not from more the aggressive side but more of the lazy doesn't do anything side, which I think like when people need help. Yeah, and so I think they're gonna have like they're gonna have a scene or a moment or something with Carl where he like kind of. I not I mean I don't think they'll say it I don't think they'll say it outright but they'll they'll show the bigger picture you know what I think I feel like they talk about I feel like they've mentioned the concept of like shooting them in the back like a lot like I feel yeah, like they they've, have, been, they've been saying twice. that like a handful of times across these last two episodes so I feel like it's gonna be a scenario where like he catches someone or like is fine and then like they might shoot him and he's like dude like i got him like whatever and then yeah i never thought about that's really that's i feel like they definitely are gonna do something along those lines but let's not pretend the writers remember a single word that they've ever put on that page let's not that's true (laughs) i don't have a lot of faith in them it's just if i was a writer i that's where i would go yeah um so i'm trying to think like a writer but shameless has been known to make some pretty not logical decisions yeah so like the carl storyline i think so far bad it was my least favorite part of the The way it ended was very interesting though i thought it was kind of silly but i mean i don't know that kind of made me laugh like i was like oh they were both having sex in the bathroom and they just fucking died (laughs) i was like like, (laughs) went to a bar in the middle of a pandemic nobody's wearing a mask have sex with yeah i thought that was kind of unrealistic too like even if it's a quote unquote like cop bar, I was like, unfortunately, it's not unrealistic. It's just what's been happening, which is why mm-hmm. it's December and we're still here. 
Yeah, especially in this because this season takes place like at the end of the summer. So like especially at the end of the summer with colleges opening back up, that's definitely like. Yeah, like well, because I know like it's incredibly realistic. There's a there's a bar by me. There's a bar by me, like a restaurant bar thing that all summer had an outdoor patio near the parking lot, which like cool. It was outdoor. Now it's completely enclosed in an entire tent, and it still says outdoor patio. I'm like that is an indoor patio now you've, you've well yeah that's what they it. claim but like what they do is they'll put like a vent in there and be like it's ventilated but yeah I mean my school there was a bar near my college when I was still on campus that had some issues with um like partying and things they got a lot of reports that college kids were like congregating there which they were and the bar didn't really do anything about it because they were making money but the public health department like got involved <laughs> Okay, so it was kind of bad. The counterbalance to Carl's storyline of uh, just a shitty way to handle a very controversial situation that these writers do not have the skill or the ability to actually get into um, is Lip listening to the black women in his neighborhood going, you cannot increase property value or we will no longer be able to live in this neighborhood. Uh, yeah. You can't make your house. Right, I thought that was really cool, actually. I, I, I mean, the way they handled it at first was a bit like upsetting because it turns out that they were the ones who were like trashing his yard and everything. But like in the long run, I get it and it makes sense. And I'm glad that she said something to them. But I feel like why paint them as like the bad people trying to like fuck his house, right. up? like break his it's... windows, dude, break all of like so many of his windows. Because it's like specifically women of color that are doing this. And so it's like, it's like, I don't know, it just feels kind of like like you know some people would take that as a subliminal message i will say they did a good job at being at lip being like oh wait no they're right like they weren't they weren't necessarily making them a villain it was just like oh they're right yeah the yeah. conversation at the end was 100% needed and i'm glad they said it but like why make them the people literally fucking him up yeah i didn't like the breaking windows part of it but like i did fully agree i like lip being like what the fuck i was just trying to make my house look nice cool didn't understand the implication got it i'm one of y'all let's do this like i i really liked that like it was very in character for lip too i really yeah because he did the whole thing where he was like oh we should let the neighborhood know like a gallagher lives here because they have that whole like gallagher supremacy mentality he's kind of right though i mean they do have a reputation as like a white trash poor family and yet he's the one who's increasing their property value and he's like oh got it remember where you came from yeah. everybody you can make the house livable and make it nice inside but like yeah re be respectful with your yeah. neighbors and listen to them and i re i really liked lip storyline like a lot in this episode and now to the main event ian and wait Mickey's no we still have debbie debbie why do we ever need to talk about debbie i don't know i think i think sandy is kind of serving sandy um, is serving yes i think sandy's kind of serving i will say though like her whole She's selfish. Well, I understand that, but it's also, like, she is very young. Like, okay, let's be realistic. She's, like, what, 19 years old? I think old. she's 19. Apparently she's 19. No, apparently like, she's 10 months older than 17, but Carl is 19. Apparently Debbie it, is now but no, a no, 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 younger. But it's been... But it's been a couple months since then, so it's possible that she could be 19 or even 20 but now. The, but Debbie has always been a full year older than Carl. They've just ruined their, yeah, their ages. Yeah, it just, it just doesn't make sense. But 
either way, she is very young. I can't expect her to be a fully selfless mother, especially since it was like she had I, I like that they said like out loud, like, I never got this growing up. So sometimes I just really want to like, make it about me. And her whole rationale with like, oh, Franny's young, like she won't even remember it or whatever. And like, yes, because like she was, I understand like that's a very valid feeling for her. But at the same time, Sandy was a good balance of being like, but you shouldn't, you, sh- you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. yeah. One thing I felt about it is that like from the get go, like we didn't see her talk to Franny like about her birthday party, like before like they went shopping and anything like from the get go, like all Debbie said was like princesses and so then obviously we only saw like the reaction from Franny from like every other thing and like the only time we ever got like some indication that she didn't really like she didn't really care for like the princesses is when the bounce house happened and that was like the first like thought of that she didn't really care for princesses and then all of a sudden escalated that like she was like hell yeah guns and then everyone was like yeah you did this for yourself debbie and like obviously it seemed like it from the get-go and like from the beginning like obviously you could tell like it was all about her but like it didn't seem like franny cared until like the very end until they like were like franny doesn't care about princesses like they had to tell us out loud at the very end and and that is very much like a thing when you're a young child your mom just kind of plans everything for you and you like don't really get to say and they're gonna move into this new storyline and like the the last half of the season which i god it's it already seems like a waste of time and i really hope that it's more of a black women need to represent this neighborhood situation. exactly that's what i was gonna say because you have that clip of veronica being like we want somebody who actually represents the South side. And so I feel like that might actually be a really good way of like, of like kind of touching on black lives matter and, and like, but not, obviously they're going to have to do it through the cop storyline. There's no way they can avoid it. But, um, and just having that be like, no, you don't understand. Like my children need good representation, like of me saying that. So I think that's going to be like a good, Plus, then it kind of plays into, like, I guess this whole princess party thing was really just a setup for the rest of the season because we know that Franny does not want to compete in Little Miss Southside because she doesn't like, quote-unquote, girly things. I will say, seeing Ian in a tiara, oh, what a treat. Oh, I think he's so silly. Sorry, yeah, one storyline that I did skip before we get it, because it was only one scene before we get into the main event. Liam's scene, amazing. King shit. Take all of I'm Carl's time and give it to I Liam. Think he, I think he's the best Gallagher. I'm oh, yeah. I'm absolutely obsessed with Christian, the actor who plays him, too. I think he's such a cute little dude. Like, I'm just, it was oh, just his just, birthday the other day. I saw everybody, like, posted for him. But yeah, I think he's neat. Th- that storyline of Liam's is fucking remarkable. Like, it was... That was good so kid. Good. I mean, it really just shows that he's, like, a true Gallagher. What were we gonna say? I'm but gonna- he's also better no i was saying like the fact that like he's like taking his own food and going there and then like lip made it seem like he was like selling at the kids and then when you saw the scene he was like just take um he's like i'm doing trades and i was like i love you and then when he was confronted he even stopped trading he's just like you know what these kids deserve better than a bad cheese sandwich yeah i just think he's so neat yeah and it just like shows like the truth because you know it's like the gallagher scrappiness or whatever but it's also like, well, Liam time. is also better. Liam is also better than the rest of them. Just saying. 
using it for good, using the Gallagher con man attitude for for good. <laughs> exactly. And okay, so now on to the main event. Like we said earlier, the family scene in the beginning was fucking amazing. So good. Ian, like I don't make I don't make breakfast for husbands who don't have jobs and you don't get sex unless you get a job. He's like, I don't need your fucking dick anyway. Uh, um, Everybody's like, ooh. You know what I love about it? Even though they're fighting and we're not getting like cuddly cute Ian and Ian and Mickey, it's not end of the world fighting. It's not end of the relationship fighting. It's normal married people bullshit they're fighting about. Like bickering, yeah. Not punching each other yet. Like well, that, we call that not, I will not... will give me a second. <laughs> we're almost <laughs> In 1102, they used their words. That's for sure. That's all we well, can give them for they once. Their, their words off screen, I guess. Because, like, we don't really we had to see... watch Mickey blow up at the construction place, and then we don't get to see them talk about that fucking meltdown later. Like, what? what? She's such a child. Oh, oh, but before Mickey goes to the interview, the thing that inspires him to actually go to the interview that Ian wants him to go to, he's flipping through the channels, and he is trying to watch, apparently, fucking Riverdale. He's watching Riverdale. <laughs> He's watching season one. I forget the episode. It's Kevin and Joaquin. They're macking out. I think it's at the drive-in. And then you and know what like, Mickey decides to do? He's Mickey's like, like oh, oh, hello. And he starts jacking it. And then it cuts the commercial, sadly. The fact that I didn't know what that was, I knew, I thought it might have been the Avon Yoga show, that weird, that weird gay Oh, space yeah, show. yeah, yeah. The, like, the, like, apocalypse one. And I watched it a few hours before Evan watched it. And someone on Twitter pointed out to me that it was Riverdale. And I was like, Evan! <laughs> When you told me, I was with uh, a friend of mine, Sebastian, and me and him both like Shameless, and we both like Riverdale, and when I tell you we screamed for like 20 minutes, just like, no way. Like, because it's just like recently, like, everything in my life has been like paralleling each other or kind of like all becoming one thing, and I was like, the fact that Shameless and Riverdale were the crossover I got, so just that was an interesting thing to do also why was season one airing in fucking 2020 it was a a rerun for the audio listeners for everybody the audio listeners everybody um for their pleasure um evan is currently wearing a riverdale sweatshirt as we are having it's cold in my house i'm wearing a riverdale i'm wearing a riverdale football sweatshirt it says andrews on the back so mickey doesn't mickey doesn't get to finish jacking off to riverdale because he gets pretty much guilted into going the again it's the little things that noel fisher does with his face the guilt when the the line that was like you don't want to disappoint everybody that you love and he feels like he's letting ian down by not being a good husband and getting a job also let's talk about that jelly that fell on his shirt that he decided to wipe off with a pillow so embarrassing I like, love I'm that like, man, like, but I... that was so much jelly. Also, he needs to wash that wife beater. He's wearing that wife beater every single scene well, this season, and there's literally, it. like, blood on it. it later. Wait, one at a time, one at a time. <laughs> sorry, he was wearing it later during, like, later when they were in bed, and it still had the goddamn stain on it. I was like, I love you, but you are so embarrassing. There's a washing machine in the kitchen. Please use it. And, like, where their storylines crossed over was Ian, like, he was at work, and then Mickey, first of all, I like that they pointed out, like, in that scene, Mickey did not imply that they were married at all, and, like, I want to know, like, the whole conversation Ian was having with his co-worker, where they were talking about the people that weren't white men that got to get paid more because they were 
forklift drivers. The whole time I was like, he's going to say something homophobic and Ian's going to be like, you know, I'm married to a man, right? Like there's like, I was waiting for the homophobic thing to come out of that man's mouth. But like that interview scene broke me in half. That interview scene made me so sad because Mickey was trying so hard and like he, he got so desperate. He's like, no, I, I really, I need to make this work. And like, oh, he's just not meant- At the same time, I feel like the show kind of infantilized him because I'm like, no, he's so much smarter than that. And I feel like- so fucking much. And, and like, like that like- resume. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> what I don't get though, like, I understand he was applying there because that Ian is his husband and Ian told him about the job and whatever, whatever. The two legal jobs we have seen you have, good sir, have been security and security. A- apply to be security. So, like, they figure it out, apparently, later in the season. He completely season. ignored that he literally worked at a mall last season. Like, he knows how to get a job. Like, he's been able to like work. He knows, he knows how to be, like, a, a, an, a regular member of society. He doesn't fucking fly off the handle all the time. Like, he knows how to... Tr- also, like, I'm thinking about the moving truck scam from season five. He knows how to act professional. Also, the absolute balls of stealing a truck and then, and then, like, I, I love the scene where he took the food and nobody even noticed. That was great. Stealing a truck and then driving a stolen truck to a prison was the absolute balls of that man. Balls the size of Jupiter, but also like what a man, so stupid, such an idiot. If I was Ian, I would be like, I'm gonna. And that you left you. out the best part. He took that stolen truck back to the quote unquote Amazon warehouse, stole the dumpster of all the expired goods, then drove it to a prison. Somehow got through into the prison. The fact that he was able to pull up right behind the kitchen, what? How did they just let him through? Like he was just hey, like what? Let's not try to apply logic. Um, but you know what? He is a motherfuck. That was a display that, that Mickey doesn't have jobs. Mickey is a job creator. He is a businessman. He's like, oh, they won't pay me money, but like this is good food that someone will pay good money for. And then what's the first thing he does when he gets that money? He buys his niece a birthday present. That's right. No, but like the first thing Mickey does when he gets money is buy his niece a birthday present, which was also a callback. Sandy mentioned when she and Debbie were planning Franny's party that Sandy's uh, birthdays always involved like her cousins or her dad shooting guns or like giving her a gun. And like that probably was the same for Mickey and he got his niece a gun and it was, and she loved it. And she called him Uncle Mickey and he was like, yay, guns. And I was like, ah! it was so funny when he walked in. He was like, he was like, from me, only me. Then he, like, flipped off Ian. He was like, he was like, your favorite uncle. <laughs> the absolute spite of that. And then, like, in the in their bedroom, when, in the morning, Mickey's like, I don't need your disgusting dick at night. It's like, so we are, are we gonna fuck or what? Are we gonna fuck? No? So you bluffing no. or? Okay. Uh, you know what? You kind of hot and, like, throw in the bills. And it was, some people were, like, trying to start something about how that was disrespectful because of what Ian went through as a dancer. But, like... But I, Ian made money as a dancer. And uh, Mickey I, finds I his did kind hot. of feel that way. I did kind of, well, just a little bit because I was like, oh, he's just being silly. But the, because Ian was so pissed off, I was like, you know what? I was like, well, he was really manic at that time in his life. It probably doesn't hold a lot of good memories for him. It's not that deep because Shameless does not get that deep when it comes to continuity. But for me, I was like, oh, I don't know. I mean, at the same time, I don't think 
it's like worth it to like have a conversation about like I'm sorry I did that I just think it's one of those things where I'm like okay but did you really have to yeah but like if I was Ian I would be like you're so annoying I'm sleeping downstairs I and like I feel like they're gonna have that out and like have their words and their apparently fucking fists with each other in about an hour uh but god damn it in conclusion 1102 was really good even Frank's storyline was good yeah and that says something about it so says something man we're sorry everybody that 1102's minisode has come up late like we said things happen apologize work happens people get robbed you know life happens uh but we're all good and we're all here and we're all looking forward to 1103 in approximately one hour also i made a tiktok that was like talking about the hall of shame thing that's gonna start um Which I'm is them, barking. Which is them buying time. It's them buying time to finish the season because they just finished filming episode eight and they got shut down for a couple of days because of false positive COVID tests. So they're like now behind even more. They're buying time. But the Hall of Shame thing looks good. But if I get one more comment, when and where is it airing? Google is free. <laughs> Google is free. But for the listeners who don't know, where is um the Hall of Shame going to be uploaded? Or Hall of Shame is going to air on Showtime on Sundays during Shameless's regular airtime instead of an episode of Shameless. They're going to be interspersed throughout the rest of the season, starting December twenty seventh, so that they can buy time to finish shooting and editing the season. Gosh, uh, but I also think they would have done that anyways, like a send off. Yeah. Because it's the last season. I just like... Is it basically like a clip show? I think it's a combination of, you know, the little clips that we've gotten of in promos of like two of the actors sitting on a couch saying something about one of the characters like that looked like they shot it when they were shooting the promo scenes. I think they did interviews with them about their characters that they're going to intercut. Like the first one is about Ian and Mickey. So it's going to be intercutting around scenes like showing us the evolution of their relationship. Maybe some deleted scenes we've never seen. They before? did say, yeah, they did say, um, some never before or un- or deleted scenes might like will be in there. Um, but I wonder if it's deleted scenes that we've seen or deleted scenes that they didn't even give us. I mean, I'm, I feel like it might be ones that they didn't even give us. I want that scene that we got photos of of them outside the clinic after Ian gets his pills after the thirty to forty years conversation. I want that Where scene. Is it? Give, it Where is it? give it to me. Give it to me. Um, so that was our, our very sloppy recap of 1102. We're sorry it took so long. We're going to watch 1103 later. Um, we'll plug all of our things. All of our Instagrams are going to be at the bottom of this bio. Let's just get the fuck out of here. Yep. And, uh, listen to the regular episode whenever it goes up. Okay, thanks, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.